Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the IME Podcast. My name is Dominic Kilworth, athlete, personal trainer, business owner, and personal development enthusiast. I'm joined alongside with Jackson Tippett, who is also a personal trainer, influencer, and fitness model. Together, we are your host of this podcast, where with each episode, we'll bring you an inspiring message or person to help you live your best life. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Now, let's get into it. up, guys? Welcome back to episode 71. Um, another guest, another day, another podcast. So today we have on board Richard, um, age 33. He's a body composition coach um, based in Perth, WA, um, the co-director of Physique Code. And yeah, he's got a, got a lot of good information to um, spread and um, share. And um, I've been following him for a while and I think he's very knowledgeable in his field. So basically I want to get him on board to... Uh, spread some of his knowledge basically in the training area, um, the nutrition, and a little bit of supplementation. So welcome aboard, sir. Thank you for having me. Awesome. How's your day been? Yeah, pretty good, man. It's um, it's pretty warm over here at the moment. So uh, just been trying to get through sessions and, and check-ins all day uh, in the heat. So enjoyable, but yeah. It's always warm over there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Have you got any um you got any competitors competing in the shows um within the next few weeks or Yeah, so I've got uh I've got one competitor in uh one of the IFPB shows over here and then I've got uh which we had to do the elite show because the pro league show got canceled over here because of the border restrictions, which is a bit unfortunate. Oh really? Um yeah, and then I got five competitors in ICN. Oh damn! Yeah, man. Do you prefer the ICN over the IFBB, or is it not really? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think usually I'll uh, veer towards ICN or towards um, uh, Pro Week. I think um, those are where the best standard is in all I find from shows. So I generally try to put clients in shows where there's the best standard. Um, they're both run really, really well. Uh, so yeah, I usually tend to veer towards, uh, those two, obviously one's an enhanced federate and uh, non-tested and one's a tested federation. So, you know, depending on, on the athlete or the look or anything like that, I'll, I'll generally veer towards those two. Yeah. Nice, man. Um, just, do you want to start by just telling everyone about your, um, your journey into like the, the fitness scene kind of thing? Yeah. So I've, uh, I've been a trainer slash coach for, about 15 years now. Um, I had originally started in Melbourne and I was a strength and conditioning coach and I did, uh, uh, did my uh, diploma of sport development and Australian strength and conditioning association. And I did work experience and worked with uh, a couple of the AFL clubs at a young age. Oh, nice. Who did you work with? Uh, Collingwood and Hawthorne. Oh, awesome, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, uh, uh, started off as work experience and then I did a bit of work with them. That was really cool. Um, and that was from there, I ended up working in a commercial gym and, you know, I sort of just started, you know, as you, as you get older and, you know, 18, 19, 20 and start looking more about how you look and things like that. And I sort of started veering into, you know, hypertrophy training and body composition and whatnot. And, 
um, yeah, I just sort of started really enjoying it and, and learning about it and started doing it with clients and, you know, one thing led to another and I moved over to Perth about nine years ago now. Um, and yeah, I've been here, uh, doing body composition ever since. So yeah, nice. it's been a fun and journey. So what brought you to Australia? Uh, so I've lived back and forth for most of my life. So it was my parents, uh, my dad actually moved over here for work. Um, and we came over. So I've lived in uh, Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide, uh, Indonesia, um, and a few different cities in the U.S. So nine years is actually the longest I've ever lived in one city in Perth at the moment. So I think I'll be calling it home here now. Yeah, nice, man. It's a you know good place to call home. You can't complain. Yeah, same weather as you guys over there as well. Yeah, it's lovely, man. So, yeah, well, like your journey kind of started out like, you know, most of us. But what kind of got you into, you know, more like wanting to really help people with body composition, uh, comp preps, more detailed? Like I, I find this different phases of um, online coaches and I feel like you're a bit more like obviously your results, um, you know, they show. But um, I feel like you're you're more knowledgeable in areas and you, you take it a bit differently. Do you like, do you want to explain what kind of got you into that as opposed to just this general cookie cutter online coach? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always, the, the human body is pretty fascinating. And like the more, I think the more you learn about it, you know, I think the, the more different types of clientele you've had, it was for me, it was always, um, reactive learning. So, you know, I would have clients that come in and, and I've always looked at it in a way that, you know, if a client's not getting a result, there's a roadblock and I have to work out how to fix that roadblock. And, you know, usually that led me down the track of, um, you know, having to study something with either psychology or with uh, performance or adherence or, or, you know, diet, training, anything like that to, to be able to sort of overcome the roadblock. Um, and literally a lot of my learnings just come down from that. It's just sort of being, you know, um, in the field on a need to know basis. And I feel like, you know, after 15 years of doing it, you know, you, you generally get into a, uh, into a position where you've dealt with so many different things, you know, um, whether it's psychological, physical, anything like that, where I've had to, you know, you don't really get, um, you know, tons of, of different situations anymore. And I feel like it's, it's been really good for me to sort of learn, you know, this person has this personality, so we're going to have to, you know, learn how to deal or how to get the same result and keep them adherent. Or, you know, this person over here has um, a completely different personality and we want to get the same result, but we're going to have to do it in a completely different way. And I think, you know, that goes not just psychologically, but, you know, um, nutritionally or, or training wise, you know, whether doing things they like or don't like or anything like that. So um, a lot of my a lot of my education has been just sort of um, reactive towards towards uh, the types of clients I have. And I think, you know, it's, it's been one of the best things for me because it's sort of everything that I go through and study is um, something that's going to be very, very applicable, not just for that one person, but, you know, ongoing for many different clients. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's just awesome. Even some of the content you put up, man, it's really, um, it's really different, knowledgeable, and I, I actually get a lot of benefit out of it, believe it or not. So, yeah, credit to you there, man. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, we've kind of touched on this, but there's so many coaches, man. So many, so many online coaches. What What do you feel separates? If If I was a a client, why would I come to you as opposed to another coach? Mm, 
Well, for me, for me, in terms of the, the fitness industry and coaching, I always look at uh, the results that the coach is able to get with wide varieties of clients. And generally for, for me would be, you know, if when we look at, you know, if you were looking at it coming to me, you would be like, you know, what type of clientele have I dealt with that have similar goals to you or in a similar, similar sort of demographic or things like that. Um, and I feel like, you know, over, over the past, you know, however many years I've been, I'm able to get results with so many different demographics. Um, whether it's, you know, somebody that's their first time in the gym or it's somebody that's, uh, you know, a, a pro athlete on the bodybuilding scene. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that's, you don't tend to see a lot of these days is not only, you know, a lot of trainers or, or, or coaches are quite good at getting results, but being able to, to uh, get results over a wide demographics of people. Um, I think it just shows a, a good understanding of, you know, not only uh, training and nutrition, but also, you know, the, the mental aspect of it and, you know, helping or getting people to, um, you know, be adherent in so many different ways. And I think that's probably one of the, one of the strengths that we have over here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, there's just so many coaches out there, man. Like, it's just, um, mm. like we had this chat before we um, jumped on the podcast. But, yeah, I just feel like it's lacking in actual coaches that actually care about their clients yeah, uh, as opposed to just being a number. Um, do, do you feel the same? Like, I just feel like so many coaches, they couldn't care less. They probably don't even communicate with the clients. They've probably got someone else running their page like some of the big end coaches. Um, and I just feel like people just treat it as a number, whereas like, you know, when you actually take each individual and care about them and treat them like family, um, I believe it just makes a whole different um, response to the the transformation and the relationship between you and the client. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we'll dip in a bit to nutrition, man, because I, I want to ask you a few questions. Yep. Obviously, there's so many people that go with the the bro food diet. Um, that's kind of the typical bodybuilding diet. That's how it all started. But as of late, I've found that people are veering towards the more, if it fits your macros, flexible diet, whatever you want to call it. Um, obviously, there's it's, it's a broad topic, but what do you believe in and why? Or how would you structure your plan for a, a client? Well, I think the first thing that you always want to look at um with with setting up diets is is going to be um what's going to be optimal versus going to be versus what's realistic now um obviously you know uh diets that are 100 percent rich in micronutrients and and things like that are going to be uh most beneficial for performance and whatnot but you also have to look on the other end of the spectrum of adherence where you know if you look at somebody that's um you give them that sort of diet, but it's not going to be something that they can actually stick to that. It may not be the perfect diet for that person. So I think, you know, looking at, looking at different diets, I think each individual, like I have clients that do diets that are strict meal plans. I have clients that I do macro based diet uh, plans with, you know, I think it comes down to the first thing I want to look at is always the adherence. Um, and then trying to create, you know, the best plan or the best, uh, uh, the best sort of protocol for them that um, is going to be as healthy is going to get them result, uh, get the best result they can in the healthiest way, but also making sure it's something they can actually stick with. And, you know, sometimes, you know, adding in uh, ice cream at the end of the day, which is maybe no, not the most nutritious food in the world, but if it's going to help them, you know, stick to the other 95% of the diet, then that's going to be the most optimal diet to get that result. Yeah. Good point. So more, my question was like, 
for example, if you do you believe a calorie is a calorie at the end of the day, if you put 2000 calories of shit every day, as opposed to 2000 calories of your normal, typical clean foods, is the client going to look the same at the end of the say 12 week transformation? No, I don't think so. I mean, potentially maybe if you get the the macronutrients the same, but at the end of the day, like there's other aspects of that that are going to come in. Like if they're eating non-nutritious foods, their performance is going to be absolutely terrible. Um, and is that going to affect what their physique looks like? Absolutely. So um, I don't believe a calorie is a calorie. Well, a calorie is a calorie, but you know, there are calories that are going to be more beneficial to a physique athlete than, um, than, you know, than not, not, uh, not beneficial. So again, I think, you know, people that follow like the 80, 20, 90, 10 rule, I think generally you're going to be, um, in a position where they'll, you know, perform really well, um, and still have that little bit of adherence. Um, I wouldn't ever sort of just say, here's your calories, make them up of whatever you want. Cause I don't think that's going to be optimal for, for body composition, um, or energy or performance or just lifestyle or anything like that. Um, however, on the other side of things, I think if you tell somebody to eat hundred percent, you know, nutritious foods and it's not something they can stick to, that may not also be good for the, for the client as well. So, um, the 80, 20, 90, 10 rule, I find to be quite, uh, quite effective. Um, and like I said, you know, coming back to it, the calorie, yes, the calorie is a calorie. However, you know, there are many, many things that make some calories better than others, um, for performance and body composition. I can totally agree with everything you just said. I just, uh, yeah, believer in moderate, everything in moderation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. With the training side of things, um, many people just chase weight. Um, they're all about, oh, I've got to hit this number. I've got to get stronger. But most of them don't actually activate the muscle, get that mind-muscle connection. Do you believe one is superior to the other? Or how would you approach a client if they wanted to, say, put on some muscle, lean muscle? What would you tell them to do or how would you structure their training plan? Yeah, well, I mean, look, you want to look at um, is more weight better? Yes, it is. Um, absolutely. However, is sacrificing technique and not stimulating a specific muscle fiber, uh, that you're trying to grow at the, at the, uh, sacrifice of weight going to be better. No, it's not. So I think the very first thing that you always want to look at with, uh, training programs, even before anything else, make sure that the execution and the setup of the exercises is, is correct. And then generally once they're performing the exercise, um, you know, making sure that they're, they're, they're training the target muscle that they want to train, um, then progressively overloading and chasing weight keeping that form, you know, the same from the first rep to however many reps you're doing, I think is, is beneficial. Um, but yeah, just sort of, you know, you look at strength training, which is maybe like a move point A to point B as efficiently as possible, um, you know, may not be the best method for growing muscle. However, you know, uh, uh, moving, a, moving a, a weight, using a specific muscle and moving it exactly the same every single time and then saying, yes, more weight is going to be more effective. That's probably a more realistic way of looking at it. Yeah, right. So obviously you would take you would take lighter weight with perfect form over heavier weight with sloppy form any day. Yeah, well, I mean, I would take I would take the heaviest weight that you could do with perfect form um, and with perfect intent and, and, uh, you know, uh, execution of the exercise. So, you know, it's not to say I would go lighter on purpose. I would go as heavy as I can, yeah. but I would, I would not sacrifice technique for heavier weight. 
yeah, nice. I agree there, man. Um, and I'm sure all the listeners would too. Um, basically, I just want to ask all these questions. These are just basically for the listeners, man. Sure. Um, all the audience that's going to be tuning in. Um, so I just want to, a lot of people are misconfused, you know what I mean? Um, they just don't know what to do. And with getting yourself on board, um, talking about this, I think it's going to be a huge, um, yeah, just a huge positive to a lot of people out there that are training and want to change their body composition. So, yeah, I appreciate you answering all these questions, man. Of course, man. Um, what are your, for the people that want to get um, on stage or that want to take their physique to that next level, not just your your normal gen pop, um, they want to get lean, lean, you know, to the point where it's like, you know, 5%, um, minus 5% um, for guys and, you know, for girls the same. What are your top three tips you could give to get to that condition of what they call shredded what they call shredded so the first thing i would always say to anybody is uh there's a term coined by luke lehman called prepping the prep which basically means is you know you should have uh points for your physique you know that you're at a specific body fat percentage or mills if you're taking skin folds or whatnot and your uh your calorie intake is quite high um and your training volume is you know something sustainable because Obviously, when you're wanting to get down that low in body fat, you know, if you're starting at 17 or 1800 calories and, you know, you're not really going to have a lot of room to go down. Um, whereas, you know, if you can if you can build your your uh, metabolism and your your training volume up enough that, you know, you can start at 28, 3000 calories and you're going to have a lot more room to um, uh, to diet down in a little bit of a healthier and a, and a, uh, in a safer manner. Um, so you're not ending up doing like eight hours of cardio a day and, and things like that. <laughs> so, so I think the first thing that when you want to look at doing that is, is I, we use actually something called calories per kilo, which is where you divide, um, your weight by the calorie intake that you eat. Um, yeah. and then, you know, so for me, I like to get, you know, getting people stage ready. I generally like to have them. I do a lot of in-person works. So we sort of say, you know, around the 50 mils over seven sites mark, eating about 40 to 45 calories per kilo. Um, and generally that's a pretty good place to start a prep for someone that wants to get, you know, completely shredded to the bone. Um, you know, whereas if you come in and you're at 30 calories per kilo and you're 80 mils, then you're probably not going to be able to achieve it. So making sure that you have a really good set point, I think is the number one thing. Yeah. Um, second thing would be to understand that it's not sustainable to be that lean. So you are going to have to go through, um, you know, periods of things are going to get really tough. Um, you know, anybody, you can ask anybody that's been peeled to the bone on stage and nobody's had an easy trip to get there. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things to understand that it's not an easy process. Um, and to make sure that, you know, your lifestyle for that period of time is going to allow you to do it. Cause you know, if you're super stressed with work or something like that, or you're having to work long hours, you know, it's definitely not the time to be doing that. Um, because it, it's going to take a lot of time. It zaps a lot of energy from you and, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, how tough you are. It's going to be, you know, physically and mentally taxing to get down to that uh, position. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And then the, the third one would be, uh, get as many photos as you can when you get lean because, you know, it's not a sustainable thing and it's always really cool to have. So that's just a little additive there um, that I think a lot of people that I speak to sort of say they wish they did more of when they, when they, is that more to, um, to look back on and yeah, like, just appreciate be, it? Yeah. Just to be proud of or use it as something that is a guideline. If you do it again next time to try to, to try to beat, 
Um, but you know, a lot of people that I speak to after competitions or anything like that, you know, they sort of say, Oh, I wish I had done this, or I wish I had more photos or, or things like that. So I actually make sure I'm, I speak with a lot of clients and just sort of say that and just say, you know, um, you know, make sure you make sure you track your journey and, um, you know, be proud of everything you're doing at that current time. And, you know, it's cause it's always going to be something to look back on no matter how many times you do it. It's always going to be something for you to look back on and be proud of and show that you've done it. Yeah, with the first uh, point you br- you brought up, so you basically trying to say that um, you sh- you should go through an off season phase, build your calories up, um, otherwise the comp rep is going to be hell. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I actually have sort of rules with my contest prep where I don't take, you know, I won't even begin a prep until they hit those benchmark points um, with people, just because you know I've I have enough experience and I've had um, you know seen enough people that have gone through preps and almost killed themselves and still not got lean enough and it's just been a terrible experience physically and mentally for them so um you know having an off season or you know having a point where you can build your calories up and get leaner and you know it it does take it's very very hard to do so it does take a you do have to come into it in quite a good uh metabolic position um before you can actually do it so i think that's absolutely vital and that's a non-negotiable on uh, my end as a coach that yeah that brings me to another question so is that the same if you're enhanced versus natural or is it going to differ a lot yeah i mean you know you got you got to remember that with athletes that are enhanced that um it's the exact same process like nothing really changes the only thing that you're going to change is, is like the numbers on the skin folds might change or, or you know your your weight might not move as drastically because muscle mass could be going up or things like that um you also will potentially be able to retain muscle mass a lot easier going lower in calories but i mean the same sort of thing you know they they're enhancements so they can help um but again you know coming back into it you know if you're metabolically not in the right place to prep um you know the peds don't do the work for you like you still have to you know it's still hard as hell non-naturally to do it um you're still going to go through all the same issues um so you know i i think you know enhanced or not enhanced i think it's absolutely identical i think there's just you know a few little things that you want to maybe you can take into consideration like weight may not drop or um things like that but yeah absolutely you know natural or not you still gotta you still gotta uh get get stupidly lean and natural or not it is still really damn hard um so yeah absolutely i keep it exactly the same with the naturals and non-naturals in that sense yeah does that so the same thing um obviously with that does that is that the same for training would training differ from a natural versus enhanced athlete um i really want you to take this one because i think a lot of people are confused yeah look i i don't think like the, the laws of hypertrophy still apply natural and non-natural exactly the same so i think the biggest changes that you actually find between them is, is so peds obviously you're going to enhance your uh, ability to recover so you know i think the way with a natural athlete um, measuring their, their volume and intensity and, and overload and whatnot is, is you still have to be reactive. You know, if they're recovering great, you can potentially give them more, uh, more intensity or more volume or, or whatnot. And I think, you know, that applies for people that are non-natural as well. But I think, you know, you just, you'll find that the recovery is a little bit better so that their training volumes may be uh, a little bit more intense. Um, their volume might be a little bit higher um, and they'll be able to recover from that. So... Um, I think, you know, you still have to watch the same things again, and I don't think you need to train differently. However, I think, you know, you, you do have more room to to progress um, 
when athletes are, are using PEDs just because their recoverability is much, much higher. Yeah. So in saying that, how often do you think a, and this is a broad term, how often do you think a enhanced client can hit a muscle um, every so often? Like how frequently can they train, for example, a body part and how frequently this is a, like a, a guideline. How frequently can a natural client train a body part? Like how much is too much, if, if that makes sense? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the definition to, to too much would be that they're unable to recover from workout to workout. So it's uh, nine times out of ten, it's definitely going to be, um, it'll either be more frequently with a non-natural athlete or it will be more intensely for the same amount of time. Um, you'll generally find. So like they may be able to train with heavier loads or more volume twice a week. Um, as far as the literature go, um, you're looking at, you know, two, two to three times a week for, for most muscle groups you, uh, uh, you can train and recover from. But, um, you know, it also depends on how much volume you do on that day. For example, you know, if you were to do 20 sets of back on a Monday, you know, you probably wouldn't be able to do it again on a Wednesday. But if you were able to do, you know, eight sets on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you might get more total volume and and better recoverability. So I feel like, you know, as a general guideline, I generally will say twice a week for each muscle group. Um, some muscle groups, potentially three, if you can recover really well from it. Um, but if you have a, like if you're a physique athlete and one of your muscle groups is, uh, is very dominant over the others, you know, you could look at it as one. Um, so again, it depends on the athlete, but generally you see, I try to get at least twice a week on, on muscle groups that I'm trying to grow for, for clients. And that's, uh, the same for naturals and uh, non-natural athletes. You just may find that for the non-natural athletes, I may push the uh, intensity via sort of weight or or, uh, or volume up a little bit higher than I would on a non-natural. Yeah. What about for a lagging body part? Would you do something different like train it every day or is that too extreme? Um, general, most of the time when you find somebody has a lagging body part, um, what you generally find is, is it's not the volume, it's the execution of the exercise. So a lot of the time before we even look anything at sets of reps, we might actually look at how are you performing the exercise? Cause if you know, if you can pull, you can do 50 sets of lat pull downs, but if you're not training the lats properly in the lat pull down, it's just junk volume. So first thing we always look at is making sure that they're effectively training the muscle group. If they are training it quite effectively, then yes, we may push up the volume and then we may pull volume back on something that may be uh, uh, a little bit dominating. So, you know, if, if one muscle group looks weak, it means another one looks stronger. So we may pull, you know, pull volume off of the, the muscle group that's a little bit stronger and we may put a little bit more volume into uh, the lagging body part, you know, whether it's, again, comes back to recoverability, you know, if, if they can recover from doing it four days a week, no problems. If they can only recover doing it twice, then, you know, that's, that's where we're going to get the best amount of growth. Cause you can, you know, you, you train to, to, uh, for muscle damage on the muscle and then the recovery is when you actually grow the muscle. So, you know, you can only train as hard as you can recover. So if it's two days a week or it's four days a week, you know, it's, it'll depend on the person and whether they're using PEDs or how much food they're eating and all that sort of stuff. But, um, that's generally the, the approach I'll take with it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you believe in, well, not do you believe in, what would you pick out of um, during a prep or a cut? Uh, would you stick towards your, your list cardio, which is for everyone listening, your low intensity walking, or would you kind of add in more a high intensity approach, sprints, 
and that kind of stuff, or does it just vary between each client? Yeah, I mean, like the one school of thought is 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 you always go for adherence first. So whichever one they prefer, um, if you can take it further than that, and they and you uh, have the choice to do either, they're more than willing to do either. They're a perfect client; they don't care. Um, I tend to look at the pros to uh, using the hit work is is it's a lot faster to do. Um, I generally try to put that in at the start of the prep when they when they have a little bit more food and they have a little bit more energy because um, that's going to allow them to push a little bit harder. And then while the food goes down, obviously your recovery from training and things like that won't be quite as good. So I, I may use uh, steady state cardio there, which actually can promote recovery rather than um, uh, create fatigue like you would on like an assault bike sprint or something like that. So um, I may look, you know, more at the, the hit stuff towards the start of the uh, prep and then you know as the food goes down and down and down i'm able to get um, some less uh, intensity cardio like just like you know step walks or something like that towards the end as they get closer to the show yeah i, I believe in that too man is there a, is there a threshold for how much cardio you should be doing in prep or is it kind of just if, if you got to grind you yeah. got to grind or do you believe there's too much yeah i mean look man you do what's required you know i feel like the point of where it's too much would be, especially like with um, uh, list work, like the, the low intensity cardio, like walking and stuff like that. Like the, the too much point probably is when you can't do anymore. You know, somebody's working and it's like you just can't, you don't have time. Like you, you literally can't do anything. I think that's probably the threshold point there. Um, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like if you set up the prep properly from the start, you should have to do not tons and tons of cardio just to get, you know, to get lean because you have your metabolically in a position where you can do, you know, quite a few drops in, in calories and, and, you know, you won't have to do too much of that. So the whole goal, I think, with it is, is try to get yourself into a position where you don't have to do that. Um, but if you do, again, you know, when it comes to bodybuilding on stage, they don't they don't care about anything else but how you look. So you just got to kind of do what's required. Yeah. So yeah, basically, what um, I might ask it more like this: What is the maximum amount of cardio you have implied to a client um, in prep or steps? Um, what am I? So the highest steps I've ever given somebody, and this was actually not by choice. This was because the person uh, wanted to stay quite high in their calorie intake um, for training. Is I think I've had somebody on, and again, this worked with their lifestyle. Uh, it was maybe 22,000 or 23,000 steps per day. And that's the absolute that's the highest, highest I've gone, yeah. And what period of time maybe was that six for? weeks. Yeah, see, that's that's funny, man. Like, I, like obviously, it's high, but I still don't think it's that high, do yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, um, yeah, that's interesting. I've heard of people, you know, up around the 30 range that are just live their everyday yeah, life. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if you got an active job, then you know that's a that's a big step count. But yeah, I yeah, but... you know, for me, around uh, around the yeah twenty two, I think was the highest. And that was actually uh, my partner, and she she was doing IC. Yeah, she was doing IC. <laughs> She would yeah, have loved that, you. That was her idea. It was her idea. <laughs> she, um, yeah, she did yeah. You know, her calories. She was, she's a, she was about 49 kilos on stage. And she, I don't think she, for maybe two weeks, she dropped below 2000 calories. 
So, um, you know, her yeah. calorie intake was quite high for her weight the entire time. We could have dropped it lower, but she had chosen she'd rather eat more food and then uh, and then create the deficit through uh, the steps because it worked with her lifestyle at the time. Um, and she got the result. She was absolutely peeled to the bone. Um, she didn't have to change her food too much, but we had her steps quite high. So, I mean, again, you know, it's a it's a she actually went up from like, 8,000 to 22 though. So, I mean, that is a pretty big energy deficit when you look at it, but, but yeah. Um, is same thing with food. Like, is there, I know you've got to grind if you've got to grind, but do you believe in this metabolic damage? And if food goes too low, yeah, something's going to happen or you just got to pretty much go until, you know what I mean? Until yeah. I mean, I think different rules and principles will apply based on, um, based on you know what the actual goal is so you know if it's a obviously the more aggressive you go the less sustainable it is so you know when you look at uh start off with like general population clients you might find that you know i usually use the rule of like 23 to 25 calories per kilo of body weight or goal body weight i tend to not go any lower than that um because i start seeing what, so what was that story? 20, How much? So if you times your body weight or your goal body weight by 23 to 25, I generally don't go any lower than that. Okay, so for a typical, um, say, 100, 100 kilo male, what, what would that be? Man, my math is just so fucking bad. It was like, like 2,300 or 2,500, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, there. okay. So that, that's the lowest kind of Yeah, end, that's, where I, would, that's where I would start sort of saying, okay, it's time to reverse diet. Um, and we'll get your, you know, get you eating a little bit more at the same weight before we diet again. Um, whereas, you know, with a contest client, you know, we may, I try not to go below 23. I try to have them in a good enough position to not need to go below 23. However, um, you know, if you're four weeks out and somebody's got a chance to win a, a pro card and you can't just sit there and go, look, you can't, you know, you got to do what's required to get there. So, you know, you may have to drop it a little bit lower if you need to, um, I try not to, but sometimes you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky one, man. Um, I think all of this stuff, as you said, is it's very personal dependent. Um, but I just want to give like those broad guidelines of what people, you know, kind of what what they want to expect. Yeah. So like people are just so confused, man. Like I, I'm sure you get it too, but I get a lot of people come to me and they're like, Oh, but such and such told me this or my coach had me on this and um, it's like, yeah, but that doesn't really mean that you have to go do it that way or that's the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like same thing with drugs, man. Like I've just heard, you know, some horror stories of what girls have been on from other coaches and it's like, it's, it's just crazy to hear, man. Like sad sometimes, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, have you ever had any horror, horror stories come to you from um, clients that have been with other coaches that have come to you and just been like, you know, I've just, I've been on yeah. this or my calories have been like this. Absolutely, or, man. It happens like it's still spill a horror story. Yeah, it's very me. common, man. I've had girls come to me on close to a gram of uh, AAs before. Like, um, yeah. Girls? Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> there's not going to be any names or anything like that drop, but yeah, it's it's uh it's yeah. pretty common. I, not not super common, but you know, I've had that I've had that happen before. Um I've had I've seen one female that was she didn't actually do it luckily, but she was prescribed um 40, 40 milligrams of Anavar daily for an 8-week period. Um just stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's man, a lot. You know, it's way you know, one eighth 
you should be using one eighth the amount of that. Um, and you know, but I think I'll tell yeah. you what though, man, like one thing that I, I have noticed is a lot of these people that are, um, that prescribe very high drug amounts or have come in here, you know, saying they were told to take a, a, a you know, th these absurd amounts of gear generally they, they don't put a lot of time into the training and nutrition. And I think, you know, people got to remember that the PEDs are enhancements and it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta get the fundamentals right. And then you don't need a lot of enhancements and then you can get a really, really good result out of it. But what's ended up happening is, is people don't spend time, you know, learning proper nutrition protocols, learning proper training protocols and, and things like that. And then they sort of have to resort to, you know, they overload gear rather than, than training programs and stuff like that, which is really, it's just, it's quite common. And I think it's almost just a, you know, it's a drugs first, everything else later. Whereas I think, you know, the coaches that, a lot of the top coaches you see, you know, don't generally um, uh, prescribe tons and tons of gear, you know, they, but what they do do very well is, is they, they create a stimulus and training and, and diet really well so that they only need small dosages to, to yield huge results. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on board, man. Um, I think we'll wrap it up. Um, I've, you know, a ton of information that you've just spread there. Um, I like to keep them short and sharp so no I can problems. get you back on again. Um, but, yeah, I really appreciate you, you know, speaking the honesty. And, um, yeah, man, it's great to see what you're doing with all your clients. Um, as we spoke, I think you still got to try get over to the East Coast and um, start getting some clients. But, you know, you're definitely killing it over in the appreciate WA. That, man. So, Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, no, nah, anytime, man. Do you want to leave? Obviously, you've got the physique code. Do you just, first of all, want to explain to everyone yep. what that is? Um, yeah, explain that and then, then yeah, I'll cool. So, Physico, we are a body composition company. Um, we work with uh, anybody from people that have never been to the gym before to pro athletes through IFBB, ICN, you know, um, strength sports and things like that. Um, we have our own private gym over here in WA. Uh, this, this is non membership based, so it's only open for people doing personal training sessions. Um, and then we do diets. Everybody's a sports nutritionist. Um, everybody's got quite a lot of experience in uh, strength and hypertrophy work. So all coaches sort of set up programs, diets, do check-ins, assessments, both online and in person over here. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we're all about. Okay. So you take on anyone? Yeah. There's no is, – is everyone stands for um, – Absolutely. Come on your team? 100%. So if you've never been to a gym okay. before, we'll teach you portion sizes of food and education and basics of lifting. And, you know, if you're a uh, pro athlete in a division, uh, you know, any federation or sport, then, you know, we've got very, very uh, good sports nutritionists that can help with that. And, you know, everybody's quite very, very good with uh, training programming from strength and hypertrophy and – um, being able to grow muscle and manipulate body composition. Yeah, awesome, man. Um, do you just want to leave everybody your socials, um, how they can contact you about coaching, how they can get in touch with you about the physique code and any upcoming stuff that you have? Yeah, you so um, you can go through. So we got our social media account, which is uh, on Instagram, which is at physique code. My personal account, which I sort of leave a lot of content stuff on, is uh, Richard underscore physique code. Uh, both of those Instagram handles will have the link to our website, which is www.physiquecode.com. Nice and straightforward. Um, all coaching inquiries and info regarding 
coaching or seminars that we run or anything like that or, or education, um, all go straight to that website. We've got all the information on that. Okay. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, look forward to seeing how your clients go and, um, hopefully you get a few over in the East coast, man. And hopefully we can catch up in the, um, yeah, once all this so, COVID's it's over. a bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah, man. It's, um, yeah, it is crazy. Are you dying to get back uh, to America or? You yeah. Just... I mean, I'm just, I've saved a bit of money not going over there. So that's good. It's a bit of a mess over there at the moment. So, you know, Perth's good. It's like, I think Perth's the most isolated city in the world. So, you know, we're pretty good with the whole COVID thing. So I got no plans to really go anywhere uh, until everything sort of opened up and we're living over here pretty well COVID free at the moment. So, um, so yeah, until, until uh, everything clears up a bit, I'll probably, you know, try to avoid the U S and, you know, obviously head over East when I can for the, uh, the bodybuilding shows. But yeah, until then, man, I'll be WA bound. Yeah, man. I'll have to get over there. I've never, uh, never been to Perth you around, life, so, um, 100%. Gotcha. You'll have to take me to All a session. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on board. And everybody, thanks for listening to episode 71. Thank and you. I hope you enjoyed it.